Let's uh, bow our heads for prayer. Lord, as we uh, come to this uh, final service of this night, um, I just thank you for um, all the Christmas Eves that I've spent at Georgetown First United Methodist Church. Uh, this is the 13th Christmas Eve I've spent with this church family. Thank you for the ways they've blessed my life. Thank you for the privilege of, of being their pastor. Um, God, we thank you that um, you are here with us tonight. So open our eyes, open our hearts to hear your word, to be stirred in us in ways that moves us closer to Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, we thank you, God, that all around this world, tonight and tomorrow, your people will be gathering in the name of the one um, who saves us from our sins, who gives us life abundant and eternal. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A married uh, woman decided to go on a Christmas vacation without her husband, who was a workaholic. He said he had too much to do. He did not have time to take a vacation over the holidays. So she planned this European vacation. She's going to go to London, uh, then to Paris, and then to Rome, and finally end up in Vienna. And uh, as she reached her first destination in England, she called her husband and she said, Darling, how are things going at home? And he said, well, I'm doing fine, uh, but Snowflake died. And his wife immediately became hysterical. And she began to sob and cry on the phone. And she started lashing out at her husband. And she said, our cat died? You insensitive jerk. Why did you tell me this just as I'm, I'm starting this dream vacation? Where's your compassion? Don't you care about my feelings? The husband said, well, I'm sorry, babe, but I've been busy with work. I mean, what did you expect me to say? Well, you could have broken the news to me gradually, she said. Like you could have said, when, when I called home just now, Snowflake is on the roof. And then when I reached Paris, you could say, well, Snowflake fell off the roof and he's at the vet. And then you could have told me when I got to Rome, well, it's not looking too good for Snowflake. Um, sorry, babe, but I'm, I'm, not af I'm afraid he's not going to make it. And then when I finally got to Vienna, you could have broken it to me. Snowflake is gone. Well, there was silence. And finally, when she stopped crying, she said, Well, by the way, how is mother doing? And the husband responded, You, you mean my mother-in-law? Uh, she's stuck on the roof. Well, timing is everything, isn't it? Those of us that are married understand this all too well. We also understand that you don't go on a diet in December. You don't paint the house in January, at least not the outside of it. And you don't plant a garden in February. I mean, there is a right time for such things, and it's not before Christmas or in the dead of winter. As Ecclesiastes says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I mean, just think about how important timing is in sports. The success or failure of every play 
is often decided in a fraction of a second. I mean, just mention Christian Leitner, okay, to a diehard Kentucky fan, and you'll understand. And if you're a parent of a small child, of a kid, kindergartner or a preschooler, uh, you also understand that if you turn your head away for just a few seconds, uh, that kid can be gone in a heartbeat. Paul Wade, a member of our church family, who was here at 7 o'clock with his family, they filled an entire pew, and um, he went through a, a very serious life-threatening illness uh, the day before Thanksgiving and weeks of recovery between then and now. He had a bleed in his brain when an aneurysm in the lining of his brain burst and he was at Kroger in the men's room when it happened. Uh, he collapsed on the floor. Had he not have been found quickly, had the EMTs who responded not taken him immediately to UK hospital, had not life-saving surgery by a very skilled neurosurgeon not had been done immediately uh, that day, then most likely Paul would have died. Because timing was everything. And I believe, as does his wife Joan and his children and grandchildren, and many of us who are friends of Paul, we believe that God was at work in, in the critical minutes and hours of that episode, sparing his life from death. Timing is everything. These timely moments, some humorous, some life-threatening that I've shared with you could be added to for hours on end. We could all share experiences where, where minutes or seconds have made a difference in our life, for good or for bad. Uh, we understand uh, as, as people living in this world that life is fragile, that uh, there are challenges and difficulties that, that we face, and sometimes a split second can make a difference. Galatians 4.4 4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son born of a woman. Now this phrase, fullness of time, is, is one that occurs over and over again in the Scripture. It's found in the Old Testament, uh, in the Psalms, and in the prophets, and it's found in the New Testament as well. And it refers to the providential hand of God at work in individuals and also in groups of individuals and even in the earth, on the earth. It also references God's sovereign plans, His unstoppable move in human history. As Romans 8.28 says, despite human efforts to thwart God's purposes, there's much evil in our world that's at counter-purposes with all that God and His kingdom stands for. But in spite of that, Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. That's a promise that I cling to personally, but it's one that applies to the church and to what is happening in our world even today. The Apostle Paul says that just the right time, God disrupted human history. 
God is a disruptor. He turned the world upside down. He changed everything. With the birth of a baby in a town that no one knew anything about, a place called Bethlehem. No one could have imagined the impact that this baby Jesus would have upon the very course of human history. At just the right time, Jesus Christ was born of a woman, Paul writes to the Galatians. Today, we would call her a teenage girl because she probably was only 14 or 15 years of age. Uh, in fact, the average adult man or woman in the first century in Palestine probably didn't live beyond 45. Many died in their 30s. So to be bearing children in your mid-teens was a normal thing. And Mary, who was a virgin at a very inconvenient time for her personally, very bad timing in fact, was visited by an angel. And this angel told her, you will bear, you'll give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, the long-awaited Christ of Israel, who will be the Savior of the world. Mary, Mary was, was conceived by the Holy Spirit putting into motion the very plan of redemption for all of humanity that we remember here tonight. It's more than just a, a sweet baby story. As charming as all the details are, this was the beginning of a great move of God in the world that started in this obscure place but would extend to the uttermost parts of the earth. For some... It's an imaginative fairy tale. It's just another charming story. It's what makes Christmas so sweet and wonderful. Uh, it's very different from Good Friday, isn't it? Where we focus on the shed blood of Jesus, the, the torturous death he endured upon a, a Roman cross. Uh, we can manage a baby in a manger, even if it was in a cattle stall, in a barn with animals. Uh, with, with uh, shepherds tending to his birth. We can handle that. It's, it's more charming. Uh, but we, we dare not for, forget that Jesus was born to die, that the purpose of his life was redemption, was salvation. It was your redemption and my salvation that was at hand in this amazing birth. And so the first advent of Jesus, his first coming as a baby, even as we look to his second coming one day, his first advent um, was not something that happened out of mere chance or coincidence. It was, in fact, God's perfect plan. And politically and culturally and spiritually, it was at the right time. In all the span of human history, this moment was God's moment. Warren Wiersbe, the, the late pastor who um, is, a, is a person that's blessed my life over the last four decades of ministry through his writings, his books, his commentaries, his articles. He, he just died earlier this year. He wrote this in his commentary on Galatians. He says, historians tell us that the Roman world was in great expectation 
at the time of Jesus' birth. It was waiting for a deliverer at the time Jesus was born. The old religions were dying. The old philosophies were empty and powerless to change people's lives. Strange new mystery religions were invading the Roman Empire. Religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger were were everywhere. God was preparing the world at that time in history for the, the arrival of His Son. The coming of Jesus into the world, frankly, was the greatest miracle that had ever occurred up until that moment in time. The way we reckon time changed with the birth of Jesus from B.C. to A.D. Both sacred and secular historians who who believe that Jesus probably was a real person uh, who existed, although they don't think he was the Son of God, he was no Savior, uh, they, they will acknowledge that the rapid spread of Christianity throughout the Roman Empire in the first, second, and third centuries was helped enormously by when and where Jesus was born. Around 2 B.C. Uh, For example, the common language of the people, Koine Greek, became the language of the New Testament. Um, The original autographs, the manuscripts that were written down by the apostles that formed our New Testament, they were all written in, in this common language of commerce that people all across the Roman Empire learned to speak. Uh, No matter what your ethnicity or your national background, you had to know Koine Greek. And so the writers of the New Testament, including the gospel writers and the epistles, and even the book of Revelation were all written in this same common language which enabled the gospel, the Christian faith, to grow rapidly throughout the Roman Empire even across cultural, religious, and national boundaries. The Roman era of literacy and learning transformed the lives of many of the most common people who were encouraged to read and to write and to learn. We've heard the phrase, all roads lead to Rome, right? Uh, This was part of the Roman ingenuity and engineering that took place in that Uh, first century and even prior to that in in the first century B.C. uh, when, When they created the equivalent of ancient interstate highways with these stone paved roads, that made it easier for the likes of Paul and the early apostles to travel from place to place and plant churches uh, to preach the gospel. Pax Romana, Roman peace, brought stability to vast portions of the known world in the first and second century. It gave protection to Roman citizens like the Apostle Paul that allowed, again, for the spread of the gospel. And at this juncture in history, under the power of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost, Christianity became a world movement rather than some obscure minority religion or Jewish Jewish sect. And it was all because in the fullness of time, at the right time, Jesus was born. God's timing was perfect. 
so that the gospel could be taken to the uttermost parts of the earth. So consequently, there are places in the world today that are celebrating Christmas that really don't give much attention to Jesus. And increasingly, the United States is one of them. You can go to Japan and you see Christmas trees and holiday songs and even Christian carols being sung and played in department stores. I never will forget um, when we lived in Cambodia uh, many years ago, we traveled to Thailand to have our annual physicals. And it was right before Christmas and we were in a department store, a huge department store in downtown Bangkok, and it was decorated for Christmas. 95% of Thailand is is Buddhist, 4% is Muslim, and only 1% is Christian. And yet we were hearing in English over the intercom in this store all our favorite Christmas carols in English about the newborn king, about the gospel. Hark the herald angels sing. All that rich theology that came right out of the Methodist movement a hymn that was was written by Charles Wesley. And it felt so amazing. It was strange being a foreigner in in this strange land and experiencing Christmas in such a unique kind of way. Um, In the first century, most people missed this pivotal moment in history even though the prophets of the Jews had spoken about it for hundreds of years. 21 centuries later, there are still lots of people, hopefully you're not one of them, who who don't really give any thought to the point of Christmas. They've culturally reshaped it so that it's, it's something very different than what I believe God intended. A lot of folks have pressed through the Christmas crazies of these uh, last four, five, six weeks without ever understanding that this season is about Jesus Christ. God not only came at just the right time, He continues to come at the right time. Just when you need Him most, God comes to you. He is always there. God knows exactly what your needs are tonight, what you're going through Um, He he understands how to provide for those needs. Uh, He comes through for those who are experiencing the deepest desperation. And we've had so many wonderful stories over these last weeks of how this church has been able to meet people in great need and share material blessings with them, Christmas gifts and food. We, We helped a young woman today here in Georgetown, mother of three, She has type 1 diabetes. She's uh, already had several surgeries. She's lost toes on her feet. She's not able to work right now. She had no money whatsoever to buy gifts for her kids for Christmas and was desperate. And a friend of hers from western Kentucky who lives in Paducah sent a message to us through Facebook on our webpage and she said, could you do anything to help my childhood friend? I've known her since fourth, fourth grade. She has nothing to give her kids for Christmas. Can you help me? Can you help her? Because I can't get to Georgetown. So I got her phone number and uh, exchanged texts with her, talked to her. She came today and we blessed her whole family. And she stood in disbelief as we loaded up her car, didn't she, Shannon? She just, 
I mean, I thought she was going to burst into tears, but she was just stunned at the generosity of this church. And I kept thinking about this message <laughs> and how, how God's perfect timing brought us in contact with this very needy soul at Christmas. You know, my timing is often a mess. I'm not, uh, you know, an excellent manager of time. I frequently have plans that don't unfold in the course of a day as I expect. And I have missed God more times than I can count over the last 40 years in ministry. As I prepare for retirement next year, I mean, I think with a high degree of confidence that I've discerned His will and it's the right thing for us to go to North Carolina and help raise our three grandsons. But I don't know, I may have made a mistake when I get over there. I may decide I miss preaching so bad that I'll have to go looking for a place so that, uh, that I can be back in ministry. I don't know, but here's what I do know about God. He will work with you. He will help you. He will direct your steps no matter how far you wander away from Him. If you still want to come back to Him, even if you're struggling, He will take you in. <laughs> He will love you where you are. And His timing will be of such a nature that His grace will abound in your life. When the fullness of time comes in a believer's life, it is always good. It is always good. and It's always abounding in grace and mercy and in love. Romans 5, 6 says, When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Is that not an amazing verse? When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. But as with anything worth having in life, choices have to be made, even at Christmas. Decision. If life has taught me anything, Decisions determine destiny. Consequences. Choices have consequences. And, and the way you live your life as a young person in midlife and in old age makes a difference on how your life will ultimately unfold and how your life will end. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.2 says... For God says at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. What we do with Christmas, spiritually speaking, what we do with Jesus, spiritually speaking, tonight and in the days ahead, really does matter. It matters eternally. And so, now is the right time. Now is the day of salvation to make a commitment to follow Jesus, to receive His gift of salvation. Now is the right time to be involved in a community of faith. There are some of us that, you know, are here and we rarely go to church and we're glad you're here. And, and yet... I want to tell you as someone whose life has been immersed in a community of faith for decades that you're missing out if you're not part of a church family. You're missing out if you're not a part of this church family. I'm very biased, but it's true. 
Now is the time, the right time to get involved in a church. Now is the right time to renew your commitment to your marriage if you have a husband or a wife or to your kids that they will grow up loving the Lord. Now is the right time to forgive those who've hurt you, who have harmed you, who have deeply wounded you. Now is the time. Now is the right time to forgive. Now is the right time to renew your commitment to walk faithfully with Jesus into a new year and a new decade. It's hard to believe it's going to be 2020 in just a few days, isn't it? Time is slipping away. There aren't that many opportunities left for some of us. Now is the time to draw near to God because God in Christ, in the incarnation, in the birth of Jesus, has drawn near to you. He's drawn near to this world. Jesus announced as he began, began his ministry in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said this, The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Lord, we thank you um, that today is the right time to make decisions, commitments in, in our lives, uh, to let Christmas be something deeply spiritual and life-changing for us. We thank you that we have been reminded that in the fullness of time, you sent your son to this world, born of a woman, of a young girl named Mary. And we thank you, Lord, that the world has never been the same. We thank you, Lord, that we have never been the same because we have chosen to follow you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.